Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. G'day all you legends and welcome to the Wednesday Pot Noodle by Celtic Down Under. I'm your host Jared and joining me tonight is Shane and Johnny. How are you Shane? Good thanks Jared, good. Uh, you could even say feeling champion. I know I've used that line before but uh, no, feeling really good. Oh, I had to go there, had to go there. No, doing really well mate, doing really well. Thanks for our hosting last week while I was away Shane, I appreciate it. Pleasure. And Johnny, how are you? I'm good, Jared. Very good. I have to say, it's um, finally getting a bit bitter cold here in Queensland. I was out playing um, playing golf with a couple of friends last night, and it was, uh, honestly, just a t-shirt. And it was I, ne- I needed a jumper, I needed hats and gloves. And I got into the car at the end of the day, um, and I looked at the thermometer, and it was a it was a massive 15 degrees, and I was chittering. I can't believe it. I finally climatized. So. <laughs> So, so you're officially a Queenslander now, John. Officially a Queenslander. <laughs> I needed I needed a full winter gear. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, Willie will be with us a bit later on in the pod. He's just having some technical difficulties with the uh, camera working, so you get all missing out on seeing his uh, magnificent face. So he'll be on when he can. I had to say that there just to get a reaction from him. So we'll uh, <laughs> see what he says later on, but. Yeah, we're just going to um, crack on this podcast. It's going to be a, a shorter, quicker one tonight. So, um, look, we've got the overall chat about the 5 0 win on Trophy Day against Aberdeen. I was, I've, my view of that, I haven't seen the whole game in its entirety. I've seen the first 45 minutes, I've seen the first half. Then I've had like seen highlights here, and I've seen the second half there. So, I haven't actually seen it full 90 minutes start to finish. So, I don't really want to comment too much on it. So, Shane, just give us your general overview on the game. 
general overview really was that it was a, a champion performance from a champion team. Um, it's, uh, it was a fitting performance for the occasion. Um, I thought from the opening whistle we looked on uh, and we just looked like we were going to um, just dominate and play our way and, um, you know, play how we usually expect us to play. And we really did. Um, I thought uh, I thought it was probably the best we've played for a little while um, at any stage, but also probably the, the most consistent 90 minutes we played for a little while as well. We, we just, we looked excellent. And I know uh, Aberdeen, you know, locked up third, may not have had an awful lot to play for, but they're still a decent opposition. And, um, you know, I thought we um, played really, really well um, and it was very pleasing. And like I said, fitting at the occasion. And, um, you know, I won't comment on all of the goals. I thought Kyogo's first goal was just a fantastic bit of build-up play and a lovely quality finish from a quality striker. But then, you know, the one thing I really wanted to comment on was just more of having a fit GT and AJ in the lineup, um, and particularly AJ, just having him back. He provides a, an energy and a, and a combativeness that um, I think was really missing when he was out. So having all those pieces of the puzzle together, I think, also helped contribute to um, what was a very good performance from start to finish. Just on that, what you're saying about having AJ back and everything was the combativeness. I think a lot of people underlook the the steel that Greg Taylor gives us on the left side as well. I think he's very underrated with that, but he's not afraid to leave a foot in. He's not afraid to smack someone. And considering he's pretty small, it's, um, yeah, I think having those two back in, actually, sorry, having both of them out while also having Carter because out's taken a lot of the steel out of our back line. Yep. So suddenly having two of those three guys back in, has sorted out a little bit, and also with the inverting of the fullbacks, it also a bit, makes us a bit stronger in the middle of the park as well. But John, we'll throw to you with your take on it. Yeah, well, I have to also admit that um, although I have watched the ninety minutes now, I um, I watched it very in, in blocks actually because I I um, committed one of the relationship faux pas, which is I was out with the missus at a concert. We were out, out watching a gig. And I uh, very quickly maybe watched the game on my phone, so <laughs> I got uh, I got in trouble for doing that. Watching I don't know thirty five minutes of it on my phone. Um, so from what I can remember, piece all my memories together. I thought very much like Shane. I thought we it was just a champion performance. It was fantastic. We was back to our old ways, and I think ugh, like we've, we've, lots of people have talked about it, but it very very much highlights the depth in our squad and, and the change and everything. And we've kind of gone back to the sort of fairly similar starting 11 that we sort of expect to see and the performance was just night and day to be honest it just seemed more flowing it's the the passing was far more direct and and sort of penetrated their back five and stuff and yeah it was it was overall fantastic performance dot kyogo um the 45 minutes he played was fantastic um i thought jota had a big um new life in him and stuff and i just thought it was it was overall fantastic performance um, I just, yeah, I mean, obviously AJ and Kyogo going off is a little bit of a worry. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't personally looked into what their injury status is, but I'm hoping it's just cautionary um, for the cup final and stuff. Definitely seemed like Kyogo sort of hyperflexed his knee, which can be a sore one, even if it's not much in it. Like you can definitely um, bruise ligaments and muscle and stuff if, if you do it too much. But I ho- hopefully it's just nothing and it's just he's taking off cautionary and stuff. And um but uh, I thought exactly the same. I thought Awata is actually quite good for um, filling in for a centre-back, which is good to see. I think um, 
we we all kind of are a little bit disparaging sometimes when when players can play in more than one position. But it seems to be maybe something <laughs> Ange is a little bit uh, happy seeing, happy uh, happy with is having you know players that That's can something. sometimes play in more than one position. That's something I was going to bring up, John, and you just jumped right into it. So it's like we're on the <laughs> oh, same wavelength. There man. we are. That's it. <laughs> it's almost like we're all watching the same team. Um, yeah. It's no, it's... yeah. It it was it was yeah, it was it was it was a good performance. I I, uh, I thought um, people like O'Reilly were back to sort of former heights and stuff as well. So um, and good good result. Five 0 beating any team is um, brilliant to see. Doesn't really matter about anything else. Like this, I think that handball sort of claiming it was on the shoulder it was a bit of a weird one in semantics I guess but I was I thought it was very marginal very ref was very quick to say hit the shoulder and I'm just like mm, I think I was a little bit lower down but there you go 5-0 I can't really complain so what I was saying before John about look, it's on the same wavelength sort of thing right I think a lot of us are scarred because of the whole biton situation where you play yeah. mid, mid and he's like a little seems a little lackadaisical and a bit slow there then you play him at centre back, and he's got the height and everything, but he doesn't have the physicality for it. So it's kind of like, I don't know it's just like I think a lot of us. You see Awada, who every game he played for us until the last couple was a midfield, and then you see him thrown in at centre back, and you're just like, oh no! And then he makes one yeah. mistake, and it just becomes that pile on, like we copped early that early, early doors with Starfelt made a mistake, and people have been on his case ever since. So it's like. For me, I, I know Ange loves that versatility. He's always had it in his teams, whether it was in the Socceroos, Brisbane Raw, Melbourne Victory, South Melbourne. He had it over in Japan. He had it, he's got it at Celtic. He loves guys who can play multiple positions. So that's a good thing to have. And uh, it's come in handy, all things considered, because after the weekend just gone, if you had to play Stephen Welsh at centre back in the cup final or Awada, who are you going to feel more confident in at the moment? when considering Welsh hasn't played any games in a long time, or Kobayashi, who knows what's going on there, is a Wada who won the J-League Player of the Year playing at centre-back. Does he make you feel more at ease now after seeing what he's done on the weekend compared to those other options we've got? What do you think What do you think on that, Shane? Um, yeah, look, I, I think you'd back a Wada in now, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be too... Uh, dismissive of Kobayashi if he wanted to um, to give him a go and throw him in. I don't think it's outside the possibility that Ange might turn back to Kobayashi. Um, I actually think a lot of the um, the discussion around Awata and sort of the um, kind of the discussion around you know maybe people were too hard on him initially um, after that performance against St Mirren. I think and maybe even Hibbs to a degree. I think you can actually put that forward towards Kobayashi as well. Like, we have seen him only sparingly, and in a couple of the games he's performed poorly, they were relatively difficult environments to go to. I I, I feel like you can apply that same logic there. So, look, I'd be backing Awada in uh, at this point in time. Um, I definitely want to go with someone who's played recently and is and is definitely up to scratch, but um, I wouldn't be too um, wouldn't be too frustrated if Kobayashi got the got the nod as well. And, John, we're just talking about that there. What are your thoughts? We'll talk about the actual game on the weekend later in the pod, but would you, what? who are you? Are you happier with how Awad is playing at centre-back? Well, look, the, the short answer of it is yes, I am happy with the way he's performing, right? I, I don't know personally if... I, it's, it's, this is... It would 
it's really tough. I would personally put Kobayashi first, and that's because I would like Kobayashi to have the opportunity to feel comfortable and strengthened in that position and actually be a, a headache for Ange later on. We know that Awata is going to get back on the team somehow as a centre defensive midfielder, right? So I would I would rather play Kobayashi in games where we've won the league and and you know and maybe our position is a bit weaker and all those things and rather than just having making everybody happy if that makes sense like I think we're Celtic fans can sometimes be quite fickle as if it's not going the exact way that we thought it was it's like revert back to the old way that we used to do it without much long-term vision and stuff it's very much about the short term and that's just because we're a big team you have to win you have to win every single game right so the short term gets focused on rather than the long term so i'd rather see kobayashi i even I, I still don't i still want to see welsh in and around the team i mean he's clearly not fitting angie's system which is why he's not getting games but i i it's a tough one for me you get Owata, which is just you get comfortable with uh, you like everyone's like well we know he's going to do a good job and then you got kobayashi that arguably he might do a slightly poorer performance, but we need him to be the longer term solution. So I'm just glad I'm not the man to make that decision, to be honest, because, yeah. For me, I agree with you, John. Like, I like Awada that he's versatile and he can do that. But, yeah, I think long term, I don't mind Awada coming in when we had like those three games in a week and Kobayashi hasn't played in ages. Makes sense to have Kobayashi play one, Awada play one, and then put Kobayashi back in. So for me, I wouldn't have minded that. But at the same time, yeah, Kobayashi is a centre-back and it's a left-sided centre-back and it's something we haven't had at the club in a long time. And we'd spoke, it was a big deal, like, oh, we finally got one. And then he has one bad game and he's dropped. I know Ange is ruthless like that and I, I respect that about the guy. But at the same time, the long-term vision is... If we played Kobayashi all these games throughout and he built up a partnership with Starfelt and they did well and we still got all the same results we've had now and we get the cup final on the weekend and then we've got the off-season where Carter Vickers is recovering from surgery and he's going to be touch and go to be back in time for the start of the season or even the Champions League, are we going to be signing another guy over the top of Kobayashi now so we can put a wider back in the midfield? I don't agree with it like that. Like at the end of the day, we've got to um, <laughs> just laughing at Angelo Torres comment. We've got to um, we've got to put the. Um, I'd rather just Kobayashi get the games at left centre back and build that thing, and then on we go. The the only yeah. thing I'd say on that, just to to slightly jump in over the top of you, Johnny. Um, look, me personally, I'm happy for Kobayashi to get the gig. Um, I'd be more than happy to see him start. But um, we are coming into a cup final. Um, potentially, you know, we can get it. Well, if all things go to plan, it'll be a treble, right? So there's a little bit of a a risk. I, I guess for me, I'm just looking at the narrative. If worst, come was, was, if worst was to come to worst and Kobayashi comes in and something goes amiss, the criticism that would come for not sticking with the WADA, that's all. So I'm probably looking at, say, I'm happy to settle with or stick with a settled team. But, you know, I can kind of see why people would not want to necessarily, uh, you know, bring Kobayashi in at this point. I think if it wasn't a cup final, much different uh, a different narrative, sorry. But um, with it being a cup final, I think that kind of makes it a bit more difficult. 
Good evening, Willie. Welcome to the podcast. You got through your technical difficulties. How, how are you? Yeah. I'm doing all right, guys. Yeah, pretty good. Sorry about that. Computer <laughs> needed an update that I didn't know about and just totally had a haywire breakdown. So here I am. Yeah. Saves We're me just 10 minutes at work. I'm always happy for an update. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just talking, Willie, about the um, the 5-0 win over Aberdeen at the weekend, just talking about, like we spoke generally over the game, but it was just talking about the Awada and Kobayashi playing at cent- left centre-back. Are you happy with what Awada's, how Awada's been performing in that position or would you have rather that Kobayashi got a run of games? What's your thoughts I- on that? I would rather Kobayashi got a run of games, but he's come up against some pretty physical guys and might have shattered his confidence a little bit, so it might be better off to just sort of leave a Wata in there and carry on the work with um, Kobayashi over the summer. Get him and get a good pre-season under his belt, try and get him to the gym over the summer, try and bulk up a bit and help with body strength. Let's get him on that Kieran Tierney diet or the, um, yeah. the Ryan Christie diet of just four, four meals made of chicken every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get on the games, as they say, like you know. What I mean? <laughs> Mickey Mickey Moynihan has um, Moynihan has put in here. A few players will benefit from a full preseason, and that's something that we've got to look at with Kobayashi and Awada as well. They played a, yeah. pretty much a full season in Japan, then came to us. So, and that last season, didn't we? With Maeda, yep. and yeah, Hattie. they came to this stage last season. They were blowing at their arse, right? So. They were knackered, so it's probably <laughs> yeah. the same with these guys. Like you know, what I mean, that's a season and a half they've played. So could just get them a few weeks off, get them a break. They can go home with yeah. on the on the tour with the team, and yeah, you'll you'll feel better coming into next season. So I'm hoping we see more of the same. Yeah. Um, I might just can I just step in real quick just for for one final comment. Um, just no, you can't. Take <laughs> 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 See, I asked so nicely as well. Look, I just wanted to give a quick, uh, quick shout out. Um, so I wandered down to the um, the Melbourne number one CSC to watch the game uh, on the uh, on the Saturday night. And uh, look, I'm not going to name everybody because um, I chatted to quite a few people, but um, just wanted to to give them a shout out and say um, it was really good chatting to you all, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed watching the game with all of you. Um, with all of you, and uh, look forward to doing it again sometime. Thanks for being so so welcoming. A good bunch down there. All right. So next topic is James Forrest has got a testimonial game announced for first of August. We're playing against Athletic Bilbao. For me, I think that's a well deserved milestone for Jamesy. Um, good club serving. He's been at the club for twenty years total. When you include his youth career as well. Um, Good standard of competition there as well. So, anyone got any comments you want to think add to that? Yeah, look, I think the only thing when it comes to James Forrest is he, he. I think he's a highly underrated player. I think when James Forrest plays well, he's unplayable. I mean, for me, one of the best games in in my memory is Lazio away, where I thought he played absolutely outstanding, and that goal was actually a like a proper world-class goal that he scored. So it, James Forrest will be, for us, one of the most underrated players. I think in in from what I can remember, you know, going and watching Celtic at Celtic Park and stuff, and he they, he goes through huge periods where people want him gone completely. He's, he's done at Celtic. 
he's a waste, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you wait maybe six months and all of a sudden it's, oh my God, how have we ever managed to keep this player, blah, 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 and I'm unbeatable and all this stuff. Um, I, and I just think he's going to go down to that type of player where he's going to have huge peaks and troughs in his career and, and it seems to really benefit from having competition next to him and stuff. And, you know, he's getting into that sort of golden years, I guess, of, as a football player in his career and stuff. But I think the fact that he's got through to a testimonial, which I have really not gone to that many. So I can't think of... Scott Brown, I think it was the last one I remember off the top of my head. But yeah, honestly, I think he's going to be a really um, underrated so great for me. I find that hilarious, John, that you're, you're calling him an underrated Celtic great. Yeah, yeah, it's like an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah. He's got a, yeah. No, it's not just that, though. He's got a testimonial, and he's one of only three players in the club's history of 125 years or whatever it is that the club's been around. He's one of three players that has got over 100 goals and 100 assists for the club. Yeah. Who are the other two? Let's see if you guys can know him. I will you know him. Behemoth Walsh will be one, surely. Henrik Larsson is one, and the other one is the greatest Celtic player ever. He's voted the greatest Celt. Jinky. Jimmy Johnson. There you go. They're the that only is, two. So that, that shows... like elite class that he's in. You're saying he's underrated, but that when you look at that, as soon as you said that, I'm like, get on the phone. <laughs> <Look> <laughs> He's not. He's certainly not underrated by myself, by the way. Oh, I yeah. think he's uh, underrated by a got big portion of the su- support. Eleven league titles, five Scottish cups, six league cups. I mean, he's got quite the medal haul there. Mm. And, um, you look at the Champions League qualifiers. We played Rosenborg at nil nil, and he popped up with a winner to put us into the playoff. All right, we lost to AIK. AIK was it AIK Athens, yeah. He scored the winner, the winner in the yeah. playoff round against Shakhtar Karagandhi as well. So that was a very, very big goal that got us into the Champions League guy under Neil Lennon. So there was also one where he scored a. There's one where he scored a vital goal against Maribor as well. That I can mm. remember that one. He's always he's always one of those guys for us that. Him and Ni Biton for me. We mentioned him a few times on tonight's pod, but <laughs> those two were the guys that, in the qualifiers, they were always like that popped up and did something well for the club. And then, so he was always one of those guys that was great for us early on in the season. But, yeah, to get his testimonial, have a career where he's one of only three with 100 goals and 100 assists for the club, he's a club legend. And I don't think this current generation of fans that we're all part of, like the younger ones and that coming through, who have seen Henrik play, who have seen... Jinky play. Us current lot, this guy is someone that in 20 years' time we will all look back on and go, wow, look at look at his medal hall, look at his goals, look what he's done. He's at, as you said, John, he's underrated, but at the same time it's such an oxymoron to say that with what he's done for the club. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a really good point. I, and I, what I say to John is that he's underrated um, – and he shouldn't be, but he's underrated now. And I think to your point, Jared, as time goes on, his legacy and what he achieved at Pro Medic, uh, sorry, I was going to say where I work then, what he achieved uh, at Celtic um, will continue to grow. Like his status and his stature among the fans will continue to grow. So, um, but yeah, even in the league, if you're not uh, a couple of seasons ago, 
a game out at um, out at St Johnston where he scored the four goals. Like he was unplayable that day. He was tremendous yeah. in the wet. So, but yeah, his legacy won't be defined necessarily right now. As time goes on in twenty or so years' time, as you said, Jared, he's going to be in that upper echelon. It's also one last thing I want to say on that is he's the sort where you get these club legends, right, or guys who haven't even achieved what he's achieved, but they're classified as club legends because they go out on their on their <laughs> sorry, Mickey Moynihan's comments just throw me. I meant it all because it was literally what I was thinking. I was about to say it. <laughs> I was going to say it. And all that with no neck. <laughs> bloody but, the same thing. <laughs> to what I was saying, like, he's the sort where I think once he retires, he's just going to go away. Like, because he's such a quiet person. You don't hear from him. You don't hear any controversy. You don't hear him on doing many interviews. You don't see him doing much. He seems like the sort where I can't really see him going out and doing the circuit, going all the CSCs and doing all that sort of stuff. But it might surprise me. But here's a sort that I think once he retires, he'll just happily go do his thing. Yeah. Well, the final thing I would say on it from my perspective is if with the testimonial, um, I think this could potentially see uh, Tom Rogic back in the hoops one final time. Oh, yes, please. Quite possible, yeah. Still they're, close they're, they're quite close, yeah. So I can absolutely see him uh, fronting up for that testimonial if invited. It was mental that he moved on before getting his testimonial as well, to be honest. And, oh, and don't, re- Paul, don't, did, don't remind me. <laughs> and, and we say his name again, but Beton was the exact same. The mental that both of them moved on before getting a testimonial. But when, One season too soon, they both moved on for their testimonials. Yep. So it would be good to see Roderick back in the hoops. Maybe even on a permanent basis. <laughs> Who knows? Because he's just he's left. Stuff. Clickbait, everyone clickbait. <laughs> you get me excited, a, Johnny. Stop it. He's a, ten, a free agent, maybe? <laughs> Shane's microphone's going to start leaning up to it on a weird angle. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the desk just starts to rise here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll crack on to the next topic here. So there's been some reports in the last week or two that uh, Barrowfield is going to be redeveloped. We spoke about this years, like early in last year. I think it was last off-season we did a ways to improve the club, what we'd do if we were like, you know, just chic, had crazy money, whatever, things that need to be improved around the club. And one of the things was doing up Barrowfield. So the reports are now that that's going to be done. And the talk is that, they're going to redevelop it with a stadium built for the women and the B team to play at. The current talk is, what is it, Willie? It's 6,000 seats that they're saying that they're going to bring uh, in? 5,000, five I saw. But um, I just, it, it's needed, like, it's definitely needed because they're playing in Airdrie Shibery Excelsior Stadium, which is, I think it's half an hour outside of the city centre of Glasgow, man. It's a 10,000-seater stadium, which is just slightly too big, you know I mean? Even if you get a good crowd there, it might look a little bit on the the lean side. So it's definitely needed, like, it's definitely something they should be looking for, right? So five, five or 6,000 would be about the right sort of size for them, right? Yeah, so they've been talking about that sort of number. And for me, okay, the last few games where it's been end of the season, games being played at Celtic Park, you've had... The what are they calling it? The oh, was it the 
the terrace at the end, all getting together the behind Celtic, the goals. The Celtic again, yeah. that's the one. I, I didn't want to say the wrong name because I know there's certain groups that don't get along within that. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so they've got the Celtic end going on. So you've had all that sort of thing going on. You've been getting, like, there's been a record now set of like 14,000, 15,000 for the game on the weekend against Hearts. And then before that against Rangers, it was like a record set at 11,000 or something. So people are coming. But that look at how much um, it's been advertised. Look at how much it's been promoted. And, you know, it's been at Celtic Park. Now, as you're saying, Willie, Airdrie Stadium is half an hour outside of Glasgow. You're not getting bigger crowds. Can you imagine getting that same setup with the Celtic end going to watch a B team game on a Tuesday night when it's pissing down rain and you're playing against, you know, some um, really crappy team at the bottom of the of the Lowland League that's had like two wins of the season. Do you really think you're gonna get eleven, twelve thousand rocking up for that game? No. The women's game, similar scenario on a Wednesday night playing against I don't know, Hamilton Ackies or something like that, if they've got a women's team in there, playing against them, you're not going to get a massive crowd. You're going to get massive crowds for the games against Sevco and the games against Glasgow City, let's be honest, and maybe Hearts. So all those other ones, you can still need a place to play. And if we have to rent out Andrew Stadium and play the money every, every time we're playing there for both those teams, it doesn't make sense when we can – you know, invest in Barrafield, build up stadium, but then build it so it can be extended. So if you're building it for 6,000 seats, but there's a way to extend it so it gets to ten or 12,000 in the future and you can forward plan it, then great. That's an, that's an asset that we own that we can use for both our B team and our women's team. But those big games, you can still play them at Celtic Park. The other games, you can go play them at Barrafield. Perfect. In an ideal world, that's my, my view is that's the best situation. What are your thoughts, Shane? Yeah, you pretty much touched on exactly what I was going for and even right at the end when you said it's got to be expandable. And that's the thing for me. I think what they've proposed initially or, you know, what we've read is pretty exciting. I think it's great to get it back to Barrowfield and to have it obviously much closer to Celtic Park um, and not have to have the half an hour trek out there, which I think would, you know, improve crowd numbers as well. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think um, what they've proposed is spot on initially, but with easy room to grow where needed because, you know, women's football is growing. Um, People have a much more vested interest in the B team um, and the academy teams and so forth. So I think there is potential for those crowds to push up, probably not always, but I think you might find there's some more games down the track, particularly with the women's, if they're playing in the Champions League and so forth, that might... um, that might exceed that capacity, but then might not necessarily warrant it being played at Celtic Park. So, look, totally on board with it. I think it's an exciting development. Um, and I think what they've got so as uh, spot on so far, just make sure it can be expanded where needed. Johnny, what's your thoughts, mate? Totally agree. Very, and, and I think you raise a very good point, Jared, about the economics of it. Like, I, um, I'm sure it's not quite equivocal, but renting out another stadium over the course of however many years might actually add up to maybe this is starting to make some financial um, 
uh, reason to actually build our own or, or develop what we've already got and stuff. And, and I think that's probably a factor that's come into this. But I also think a major factor is, I, I don't know about all of you, but in the last two, three years, maybe a bit longer, we're, we're generally starting to care about the Serie women's team. So it's, it's we're, we're following the results and we're wishing them success and we're starting to know the players and stuff. And that's, that's actually a really big step for world football. And I think that's a really good step. And I think we touched on this pre-season, Jared, but um, it, the, the most ideal would be to make sure that on the that maybe away games when you're not going to get as many Celtic fans to actually watch live is to also have a women's um, game on at the same time. So if you want to go watch live football and you want to watch Celtic, there's the opportunity to go watch it at Barrowfield and stuff and, and you know, maybe separate times where maybe a Celtic, Celtic women's team finish, a game finishes and then you go watch the boy, the men's team and or other way around or whatever. And the same with the B team, just to make, you know, the, the scheduling and fixtures a little bit more like you might just get one stadium emptying out and filling up the other one. That would be really good as well. You're not going to get everyone interested. You're not going to get every single person to go buy a season ticket or, stuff or anything like that. But, you know, enough to fill it. And that, and that would be fantastic to see and stuff. And yeah, I think it's a great step for Celtic overall. And also, see if we're a little bit selfish here, could be another revenue stream. And, and and that's a big deal for the, the Celtic as a business is to have more revenue streams. I've got a comment here from Mickey saying small stadium with good crowds will condition upcoming players for the large atmospheres. Yep. Very true. Yeah. Willie, you got any thoughts, anything you want to add before we jump into those stadiums that you sent through as a comparison? No, I was just going to say that, the, that all the big clubs across Europe have a smaller stadium that they use for, they're off their own, that they use for their um, B teams and their ladies. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man City, for example. They all have seven, six, seven thousand seater stadiums there, specifically for this thing. And if Seattle want to be an elite club, then it's something they'll need to, they'll need to push on with. And cost-wise, we're, 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 we know we've got a bit of money in the bank, why not? Now's the time. Speculate to accumulate, as they say. So yeah. So basically, if the money sits in the bank and doesn't get the interest that you pay that you're getting paid on it, basically money's not not improving with inflation. So you're better off spending it yeah. to get a stadium. So that one there is Real Madrid's B team stadium. That's six thousand people stadium. If you're listening to the audio track, you need to go into the audio, go into our YouTube channel. Thirty two minutes in, you'll be able to find the pictures that we're talking about. So that's Real Madrid's B team stadium for six thousand seater. That was twelve million in twenty seventeen to build like so. Yep. Then you got Barcelona's one there, the Estadio Johan Cruyff. That's another six K seater for their B team. Then you've got Ibar has this little eight eight thousand seater. That's decent, like that's yeah. that's, that's a, they're yeah. actually they're, they're actually a La Liga side, like so. They're they're a full. Uh, that's the full men's yeah. side, but it's it's a small provincial club. It's like a Carlos of Spain or whatever, you know. So it's a small stadium, but it's a nice little stadium. It's a little boutique stadium for them. Then you've got this one here is Xanthi Stadium. I think that's in Greece, if my memory is right. Yeah. Yep. Seven thousand seater, and that costs six point five million euros to build. Look at all that parking. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, I know. That's the sort of thing Sally would probably look at. You know what I mean? Something along that lines. I would like to see. You know what I mean? Maybe more roofs over it, like but yeah, nice green stadium, basic. You've got the open end at the goal there. I mean, you could easily roll in 
a stage and hire out for concert venues or whatever, you know. God, you should work for marketing. <laughs> Put some sauce bottles there. All the Central Coast fans in Australia will know what's up. Uh, yeah, I do know what you mean. And then you've got Man City's Academy Stadiums. This is a 5,000-seated stadium, but with all the um, other seats that they've got for corporates and stuff, it's a 7,000 total. Geez, that looks nice. That does look good. It's pretty cool. I, yeah. If you're going to spend money and build a new stadium, you'd want to do something like that, wouldn't you? That looks good. Yeah. yeah. And now there's one. Designed. There's also one that Willie sent through here, which is a bit bigger. It's an 11,000 seater, which is Maribor Stadium. Yeah. That's a Lujki Vert. I've been there. I went to see Celtic play there in a pre-season friendly. It's quite. It's a cracking little stadium, like you know. I mean, if you could sort of. Decrease the size of it, it would be something Sorry. like you would like. You know what I mean? It's a really nice stadium, like. hmm. nice atmosphere inside it. Like. The reason I brought that up is because that stadium there is actually larger than t- two of the Premier League stadiums for the next season. Yeah. So down in the EPL, you've got Luton Town coming up with Kenilworth Road, 10,356 people. And the Vitality Stadium, so Bournemouth, is currently 11,307 people. So this is about the same size as Bournemouth Stadium. So that's where I was saying before, if you got something and you built something that was like up to 6,000 seats, it could easily be extended to get it up to 10 to 12. Then you're laughing and eventually if things grow, you do it. If things don't grow, no big deal. Unless, you know, the stadium is a skill set that you've got. So... For me, I think there's plenty of options there that we could be using. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll get back to looking at Willie Willie's face now that his camera's back on again. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the stadiums up is better. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Get the old uh, get back to looking at Willie. I don't know if that's going to get us to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, at least I said get back to looking at Willie, not looking at his Willie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. RL seventy seven to be renamed the Ange Postacoglu Arena. Yep. Yeah. That was and the Now show us Western United Stadium. Um have they started yeah. it yet? They have. They have, and it should be ready soonish. Yeah, Mickey, Luton's VAR cameras in some old woman's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> she she is the bar. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Shane, I'm gonna walk past or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cat walks across the screen. <laughs> ah, brilliant. All right, Shane, I'm gonna throw this next one to you. Being sport over here is no longer being shown on Foxtel or KO, which means we're not going to have access to the Scottish Premier League on our pay TV over here, the main way to do it. How does that impact Australian fans? I know this one's something that you you wanted to talk about, so over to you, mate. Yeah, so um, for just to give a bit of context over here, we've got um, sort of um, a what you call, I guess, pay TV broadcast service or pay TV in terms of Foxtel. Um, and as like part Sky. of that, they have... Same as Sky. Yeah, exactly. Same as Sky. Sky or Virgin or BT is the same, that kind. 
And as part of that, they have um, a set of uh, sport channels on there. And one of them that they would broadcast is BN Sports. And the reason that's important, as Jared pointed to, is BN Sports uh, actually broadcast uh, select uh, games from the Scottish Premiership, um, but they'd also broadcast games from the respective Scottish Cup competitions uh, throughout the season. And look, for most people in Australia, I'm talking for clubs and pubs and so forth, a lot of them would be set up to uh, have uh, an already have an agreement with or Foxtel in place and they would use that to get other sporting channels and then have BN Sports as part of that to be able to show Celtic games. Same with their punters as well who have um, Foxtel. And KO Sports is the kind of the uh, streaming service based off of Foxtel. So it's essentially the same channels, but it's a streaming service where you can just stream the sport channels. So the reason this is a pretty big impact is a lot of people will be using uh, Foxtel and KO um, to get be in to watch Celtic games and to watch other other games on the, the Scottish Premiership. So with this uh, connection between them ceasing, which I think is in July or so forth this season, what it potentially means is that um, for people to continue to watch Celtic going forward, particularly at domestic level, is unless something changes and be in... Well, there's actually two options. BN offers a connection themselves. So they have an app where you can actually subscribe directly to their channels. Um, and assuming they're still continuing with the uh, the rights for the Scottish Premiership games, you'd still be able to see them if you subscribe to their service. But the other alternative, of course, will be uh, to sign up to Celtic TV. Um, so we could, as part of this, I see you, Johnny, um, we could, as part of this, see an influx of people, particularly in Australia, signing up to Celtic TV, um, which would be interesting. Um, and I would hope, significantly hope, that things could improve um, if we're going to see that influx and uh, would hope to see that in place, irrespective of whether that influx comes or not. So, yeah, that, that that's the state of play at the moment. If you, You're going to need to do one of those two things to watch Celtic domestically uh, next season at this point in time. I'll just take a pun here in case anyone at the club's watching. Celtic TV, create a you know an Australian version of an app or something for all of us over here. Celtic Down Under volunteer to do your pre-game, post-game coverage. <laughs> you know, it will be colourful language, though. We'll tell you we will not filter ourselves. <laughs> but you know, get it get involved. You know you want to. You want you want to see Shane on there all the time. Not knowing is it going to be beard Shane or no beard Shane. Each week, <laughs> we're going to use the word mate a lot. You're going to have to work out in what context, but we're going yeah, to yeah. <laughs> whether we're we're angry or happy at you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, Celtic so, so, so TV is is rotten. I, I'm I, I'm for years. I've me and Jared have been subscribing for a long time, and and I gave up the beginning of this season. It, it won't happen. You'll get you'll get more people who will sign up for being as a direct service rather. And what I'm hoping is somebody like Foxtel, Fox Sport, or whatever it is, just buys the rights off being. That's what I'm hoping. Let, but, let us know in the comments how you watch the games legally, of course. Yeah. Not... Yes. <laughs> the legal services. That's right. Just, we've all just seen so the big court cases. Yeah. We've got um, Andrew Galea is, it's going to have to be Celtic TV, RL77. I signed up for being sports when it cancelled. I still somehow get access. Shh. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Our old chemist, I got Zitrix Plus, Extra Plus, or whatever, Sonic TV on it and everything else. That could be a good one. Be in sports, 
Channel 3 is pay for view. Mm. And over here, if you're in Australia and you want to know how we do it, send an email to admin at celticdownunder.com <laughs> and I'll, I'll let you know the, the way we do it and help you out. So happy to help we, everyone over this yeah. side of the world. Endorse all the legal and correct channels, obviously. I can I can only do two people per week, though. But, yeah, send us an email and I'll, I'll, I'll hook you all up if, as quickly as I can. It's certainly a better service than Celtic TV ever gives, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's, by the way, remember, they spent multi-millions during the pandemic years to upgrade their services as well. And you still get audio outages and and loss of signal and goals are scored crucial games and you've missed the entire 20 minutes of oh, wow, it's just, and you've it's got nice. no on demand to watch it so say if you accidentally fall asleep on the couch watching the game <laughs> like i've been guilty of a couple of times when we're playing ross county or st johnson or some boring game uh you try to watch it on celtic tv and you so can't like 24 hours you got to wait ages where one we do is good one. Yes, Kaiser. I see your comment. We've spoken about this on, on Twitter in the past, and I agree. Get a Celtic Global app, 10 quid a month, stop these multiple subscription thing. Perfect, wouldn't it? Yep. That's really and, and, what we're missing. That's what we need. Yeah, I mean, Liam's not here, but he'll he can talk to his blue in the face about the services he gets in Japan. And it's, it's the you know, the the amount of yeah. um production involved in in a fraction of the cost and stuff and i think i actually watched a video recently because the court case i was referring to is i'm sure we've all seen those boys getting put in jail and stuff for doing um you know nefariously uh illegal things um and th- there was that it was an american on it and he said uh, he's five dollars a month and he gets every single i don't think we're talking about american football something like that or every every single baseball game five dollars a month and he gets everything and and we're having to spend i think it was like $38 or something for a month for shit service from Soto TV. It's pathetic. Kaiser saying here, J League is free to watch on YouTube every Saturday. And the thing for me, like I look at it and go, okay, so Soto TV is expensive and you get a couple of games. And I've said this a few times. If they build an app, like what Kaiser was saying, and you didn't just have the current games, but if you had on that app, you could watch the B-team games, the women's games on demand. You could watch all our previous games from the season on demand and the live games. If you could get, like, historical games. So on this day, and they bring up a game that happened on that date in the club past and put that up as something to watch. So there was always constant games being shown on the app and there was always something on. Man United on their TV channel... That's because I had that as part of being sports and Fox Live. They had Man United TV, Chelsea TV, Arsenal TV, Liverpool TV. They had those channels on here as well. And you have a look on there. And if there's no game on, then they have a an hour-long sit-down interview with someone who used to play for them. And then the thing after that is, then there's like a half-hour little show, pre, a preview show for the weekend. Then it's a, another sit-down with a former player or former manager or reviewing a deep dive, like a half hour thing, reviewing a former game with an ex-player who played the game. And it's just like little things like that on the production. Amazing. And I would happily pay the money that Celtic TV yeah. want if that was involved. 
But when that's not involved, I don't want to pay 38 bucks or 50 bucks a month to watch that when I can get it for 32 quid for the year for pretty much all that for the top flight, which is what I'm currently paying. It doesn't make sense. I'd rather pay more and put the money into the club. Me too. The one thing I do want to say, though, is if they're going to open up and do look at others, like Kevin Mullen, get Amazon involved, we can watch every Celtic game on it. That would be perfect. That would be a great but place to watch it. The thing for me is Paramount Plus over here for the A-League. Their pre-match coverage, post-match coverage, halftime coverage, all that stuff is great. But when the games are on, the coverage you get from Paramount Plus of the actual football with you see a couple of shadows on the ground because you're not sure which where the ball is or it's buffering all the time or there's always problems with it. It's two seasons in, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. So you've got, you've got to have – you can have all the bells and whistles around it. It's like a complete opposite of what you get for Celtic TV. Celtic TV, you get the game and it seems decent to watch most of the time, but you get no production around it. Paramount Plus – all the production around it, nothing on the game. And on the game, there's no pause button and there's no rewind button. So if you've got to go for a piss and you're like, oh, there's only, you know, half time I'll catch up. I don't mind if the game's like a minute late. Flip my phone over so I get no notifications. Pause, go to the toilet, come back, play. No, you can't do any of that. Yeah, it's not good enough. It's got to be a way to do it. You know what? And, and this is the thing for me. I think Celtic has such a um, a wide-ranging appeal across the world that if you could find something that is consistent across the globe, a service or a streaming platform that everyone can use, and that's the thing. It's got to be easily usable for everybody, both end users at MyCap, CSC, or people hosting it. But because of our global reach, I reckon there's a really big opportunity there. Totally agree, and it's and it's unique as well because we're like elite in the sense of our history and 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 but maybe not on football and prowess, but we're not in that category of the Man Uniteds and the Real Madrids. But we have the same global market, right? Mm. We have yeah. I think it's like ten million Celtic fans worldwide, something like that, and and that's that's outside of the UK and Ireland, ten million. So that's a that's a big number if you add up however many if you try and get you know sixty percent of that. That that could be an if you've done it properly, you could actually get some money there and it's completely undervalued, personally. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's too maybe it's too small. I don't know. Maybe it's too small. If to you've got a really good service, you don't mind paying for it. it they, to us who live overseas, mm. this is our season ticket. You know what I mean? You're not going to throw aside season ticket holders' opinions at the stadium. I mean, to us, this is what we give our... This is our chance to give money to the club for a decent service, but we're not getting that decent service at present. And yeah. As much as much as Tom Boyd is a club legend, he's he's, he's not. Hopeless. <laughs> you know, he he was. I mean, that he was the one of the biggest reasons it was quite hard to <laughs> to cancel my subscription because he is entertaining. That's <laughs> yeah. But he's not. Yeah. It's just like penalty, penalty. No, Tom, that's, that's our, <laughs> it's a it's a throw in town. It's a throw in. All right, guys, yeah. what we'll do is we'll leave that topic there. We've got five minutes of the show left, so let's get into the uh, preview of the Scottish Cup final. So Sean sent through some some stats to us, so I thought we'll go through them. So our all-time record in the Scottish Cup 
against Inverness Cali Thistle. We, we played six, three wins, no draws, three losses. Our record at Hamden is played one, one, one loss. Now, some other stats there are we have won 10 out of the last 23 Scottish Cups since 2000. Teams that have knocked us out in the other 13, St Mirren once, Hearts once, Ross County and Clyde once, Rangers once, Aberdeen twice, Sevco three times, Inverness three times. So to start off, our Inverness, our Scottish Cup bogey team, Shane? It sounds like it. Unfortunately, it's hard to uh, it's hard to argue with the stats, but um, but uh, we haven't played them for a little while, so it's uh, it's a good opportunity uh, to set that record straight this time. But um, yeah, you can't argue with figures, mate. Okay, so basically, looking at that, for me, I look at it and go, okay, let's fix things up here. Um, we've got Ange. In, we're playing, we've been playing weekly. They haven't played in a month. Um, as Michael Ross has just basically took out what I was about to say, we are Inverness are doing. So what I'd like to do is we'll go to you, Willie. What's your expected starting lineup for the game? Um, Hart, Taylor, Starfelt, Awata, AJ, Rio Atati, Karl Mark O'Reilly, Jota, Meida, Kiogo. Any any changes there, Johnny or Shane? Nah, I would say that's pretty much spot on. Maybe you, you might. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Kobayashi in instead of Iwata. Um, yeah. No disrespect to Cali here, but um, uh, it's not quite a given. We won't be arrogant here, but I would. Yeah. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't say that Kobayashi's in for a difficult game. Personally, maybe maybe Maeda uh, could potentially be one up for debate. I think. Um, I love what he brings, but I think he struggled against teams that have sat really, really deep. And uh, depending on what Kelly decide to do, if they decide to sit really deep, he might not be the, the right player to have on at that time. So that's one up for debate. But personally, I'd, I'd probably pick him. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with whatever we think. I'll, I agree with Willie with the lineup there. So I'm, I'm happy we go with that. And um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. So, any particular matchups you want to look out for, or are you guys not really too worried in terms of that? And just want to get into the score, score first score and score predictions. Yeah, I've, 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 I've I don't know a single um, Inverness player to be honest. It's not, it's not a team that I follow well. Um, I've got a couple of friends that are Inverness fans, so it'll be good to rub it in their face when the biggest loss in Scottish Cup final history but um, I, I'm going to say it's going to be big I think it's 5-0 something like that to be honest I think I think Kyogo gets a hat-trick for me um, yeah. I'd, I'm going to say 4-0 and I reckon Calmet gets the first goal oh, that'd be good Willie 7-0 seven, for me and I think the matchup to watch out for is Kyogo and um, O at the end of the game fighting over the match ball because we're both going to get a hat <laughs> yeah. I keep saying it I keep saying it we're due 10 we're due 10 <laughs> it's going to happen yeah that would be incredible yeah it will happen it's going to happen <laughs> yep 
we'll be smashing them. If I look distracted, I'm just trying to uh, get something up to finish the pod with. But there we go. So, um, yeah, for me, it's I think it's going to be one where first goal scorer for me will be will be Jota, and yeah, win. Realistically, as long as we win is the main thing. Yeah. But we all been doing as we said, and it's going to be a. Um, yeah, hopefully we can get that 10 that we've been talking about for two seasons now. But other than that... A, it, that, that surely that had to have been a record. That was true. It would... I don't know. I don't know what the biggest loss in a cup, Scottish Cup final is, but what is it? It must be something like 4-0 or something like that. But yeah. So any, any sort of extra record would be fantastic. But 10 would just be a laugh, wouldn't it? Yep, 100%. All right, so let's get to our final thoughts. So, Shane, what's your final thought? Final thought is this weekend sees the grand final of the A-League, Melbourne City versus Central Coast Mariners in Parramatta. Melbourne City should be hosting this game. It should be in Melbourne. The sooner that uh, people realise this is a silly deal and gets undone, the better for the league as a whole. It's bloody stupid, that. Johnny, final thought? Final thought, music as always. Um, went to a couple of gigs recently, um, so I have two music suggestions. Um, I always think it's nice when I go watch a big band to maybe recommend the starting lineup um, bands that are sort of up and coming and sort of that. Um, so my first one is a band from Melbourne, you guys, Neck of the Woods. Um, they're called Between You and Me. Um, if you like sort of the 2000, maybe 2010s sort of, Oh God, uh, rock music, maybe indie rock, skater rock stuff. They're very in that vein. Some 41, Blink-182, that sort of stuff. Um, super high energy. Haven't seen a circle pit in a long time. So I was very glad I was on the outside of that, but it was yeah, interesting <laughs> to see. And then the other one, um, brand new band, actually, 2021. They started Brisbane, Mianjin based, um, Dusty, uh, female uh, lead vocals, very, very sort of spider bait esque. Uh, they're also fantastic. So give those guys a listen. Willie? Um, wife's going away for a girls' weekend this weekend. So pray for my son as I sit here alone with my two kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something, Willie, and then you said your kids are there. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, for me, got to go. Origin's about to start. Go Queensland. And, and um, last thing last thing I wanted to do was just share this because what a legend. How <laughs> yeah. hell. See you next week. How hell. How hell. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.